Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. Welcome to our 86th episode. On this episode, we have been to the cinema to watch Candyman. On our Something to Screw About, we have a very, very special question. And our movie from the vault on this episode is Street Trash. But first of all, I've got to summon someone from the depths of hell. So I'm going to say his don't name say five don't times. Don't look in the mirror, Matt. Don't look in the mirror. I'm looking in the... This one's different. You've got to look in the computer screen and, and say, Geordie Man, five times. Geordie Man. Geordie Man. Geordie Man. Geordie Man. Geordie Man. Are you there, pet? All right. <laughs> it's Geordie Paul on this episode. All the Hello. way to Ireland. Potato. <laughs> How's it going, guys? He's going to kill you with a bottle of Nuki Brown. That's it, yeah. <laughs> and a Jimmy Nail soundtrack. Yeah. Soundtrack album. Instead of bees, it's just flies. That's it. Or like a, a zombie horde of uh, from Geordie Shore. Yeah. Any more Any more that we can be doing? Alan Deck. Yeah. Let's ignore. get ready to rumble. <laughs> ignore them. All right, then. How we been, then, boy? What have you been up to, Paul? You been watching anything cool? Uh, a few bits of bobs. Um, a decent... Uh, I actually watched this ages ago, but I forgot to mention it. And uh, I just thought I'd give it a shout-out on the podcast. So I watched this nice little uh, thriller on Netflix called Red Dot. Ah, I've seen, I've seen the trailer, but not watched it yet. Yeah, it's actually really good. Really, really good. Uh, not a great sort of budget, not a massive cast or anything, but... Uh, yeah, it was really good. Uh, quite clever. So definitely worth a, a shout. I watched that uh, classic horror story. Is it a classic horror story or a classic Italian horror story? Or Classic horror story, I think. Yeah, definitely. I watched that. Um, I actually quite enjoyed that. Quite cool, wasn't it? Yeah, sort of pulled the rug under your feet. A bit like One Cut of the Dead, but uh, yeah, no, it was good. I finally... Now, I've never let, I let on because I knew you would give me loads of shit for it, but uh, I finally, finally finished Stranger Things Series 3. <laughs> oh my what an god! Ending, eh? I loved. Wow. Uh, do you know what? I think I, st- I watched the first couple of episodes when it first came out, and then for some reason we just stopped watching it. And I thought I'll just pick it up again and literally rattle through the last like six episodes in about three days. So yeah, no, it was it was really good. Um, and I'm gonna get in there first because I'm sure you guys have already seen it, but I'll get in there. Marvel, what if? Oh mate, the zombies yeah. episode. It's it's finally it's finally really. T- I mean, I've, I've I've quite gone up and down with a few of the episodes, but um, for the majority, I've liked it. But oh, this is the one we've been waiting for, and it yeah. fucking delivered. Yeah, they did it. They did a very, They did the. Com- I mean, I love the comic. The comics are amazing, but uh, they, I think they did a really a real justice. Now, obviously, they didn't go full like full eighteen gore on it, but there was gore in it, which was great. So I'm glad yeah, they didn't know. pull one back. So. Some of, the, some of the stuff with uh, with hope, like exploding the zombies from in, within. There, there yeah. were some fucking proper good moments there. Poor Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say on that. Yeah, what about you, Matt? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I thought it's like probably 
I don't know. The first one was probably the, the my favourite was probably still just is the uh, Black Panther episode. Just. But then this one is way up there. Um wasn't too much of a fan of the Doctor Strange episode, to be honest. Um, but this one, man, knocked out of the park. It's like, it had everything. The, if I have one grumble about it, there's probably too many one-liners from Ant-Man. But <laughs> I'll take them all day. Went off Futurama with the head in the yeah. jar. Yeah, it's it very good. Makes you want to get the comics out and read it all again. <laughs> I could watch a series of Marvel Zombies. I'd be well happy if they did that. What about yeah. you, Paul Butcher? What have you been watching? Oh, loads, man. I finished Brand New Cherry Flavour. Great finish to that uh, limited series. Um, it, it was it's a stunning mix of voodoo, uh, witchcraft, sort of film noir, and, oh, my God, one of the dirtiest scenes, like very, very Cronenberg-esque sort of scenes. Uh, I mean, oh, my God, it's like the weirdest... I don't even know what, like, if you can call it a sex scene. It's just something that's fucking, you, that's got to be seen. Well, uh, like a society kind of shit. Yeah. Mix, but like, I'm shunting. Pretty, Was there a shunting? Wow. Well, mate. Just, yeah. You, it's just something to do with the kittens. All right. <laughs> Death, it's, one, it's one to watch, mate. And the blood gore, I think the whole thing has been absolutely fantastic. Really worth a watch. I also caught on, I did a bit of homework and watched Oxygen. Mm, what do you think? Paul, Jordy Paul, have you seen this yet? No. Oh, it's on Netflix, mate. Get on it. It's a good one. Well, it's directed by the excellent Alexandra Asia. Aya. Yeah. Fucking, it's just, I found it absolutely like a real stunning watch. I love that whole sci-fi sort of isolation thing. It was, it was really, really clever and the twist didn't see that coming. So it, it was it was really good watch, um, really quite. I will not say unique. It's in amongst a couple of other ones where they're like solo shows, very mm-hmm. well done. Um, and I really enjoyed her as well. She's the actress from Inglorious Bastards, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, fucking fucking fantastic. I watched um, Werewolves Within the the new Josh Rubin. Paid my one ninety nine on uh, Amazon Prime. And mate, it it's it's he's hit the fucking ball out of the park again. This is such a unique take on a werewolf movie. I love it. Like it's a werewolf who done it. Um, no big hitters in terms of cast, but you don't really care because it, it, it's just there's so much wit, mm. and the dialogue is just absolutely genius. From like a Kevin Smith fan, this is spot on, spot on. Um. I watched also uh, What Happened to Monday. Maybe not so much horror, sort of just like a set in the future, sci-fi sort of jobby. That's been, been out a while, hasn't it? Yeah, I think it's 2017, and it's it's. I've been ducking it because it just I didn't wasn't really sure on it. It's from the with the woman who plays um, the girl on the dragon tattoo, um, Swedish lady, and she knew me replace. Numi replaced, yes, and she plays seven people, except up to us, basically. Very cleverly done. Because that's the reason I didn't want to watch it, and not what, another one that's going to have seven people in the same place, but it's so cleverly done, and the storyline is quite cool. Enjoyed that. I'm tucked in now. Do you know what? It's taken me years. Do you remember that book I read by Chuck Hogan? The, I think you bought it for me, Matt, The Strain. 
Oh, yeah, Strain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Strain, right. So I think I tucked into one episode before and then sort of left it. And now I've just dived into it, season in, on to season two, and I'm fucking great, loving it. Great book. It's a great book. Yeah, it's a great book, and it is a really interesting vampire story. So much blood and gore. Loving it. It's a great, it's a great, great uh, show. So I'm really enjoying that one as well. And I've also uh, been watching The Walk of Dead. I forgot to mention that. Uh, me, me and Matt are leaving it. In, are you leaving it for uh, until uh, it's out? Yeah, yeah, we're going to try and binge it. Right, yeah. dude. That's but, me. What about you, Matt? What have you been up to? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I've watched nothing apart from Marvel Zombies. Well, there you go. Thanks for the insight. <laughs> <laughs> And that concludes episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the... Sorry, sorry to disappoint. And the podcast is now over. <laughs> I've been a busy boy. Right then, let's get on to some fucking news then. Do it. Well, since so you guys went first last time, I'm going to bring you some news. All right. Have you guys seen the poster for Midnight Mass? No. Yes. I've seen the trailer. <laughs> it's incredible. Is that the hand-drawn one? Yeah, it's like yeah. a proper old-school hand-drawn poster. Um, but that looks awesome. I can't wait. And, like, loads of hype around that. Coming out on the 24th of September on Netflix. It's from the from the guys who did um, House on Haunted Hill. Apparently, yeah. So we shall see what happens with that one. I think I've got a date for that. Uh, Midnight Mass, I think September 24th. That's what I just said. Nice little paying attention, though. <laughs> um, also, a little bit of uh, Pop Funko news. Um, they are re-releasing an updated version of uh, a 10-inch version of the Alien Queen. You seen that? 10 inches. 10 inches. I did say that. Mm. Have you seen the Nerf gun? Yeah, that's, that should have wrote about that as well. Yeah. They've done a, a, like a pulse rifle, haven't they? Christmas, yeah. Christmas, Christmas present, someone said. <laughs> You've got a spare, like, £100, because I think Ooh. it's about £100. Ouch. Uh, but yeah, that does look really, really nice. Um, remember we covered a movie called Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight, a Polish movie? Yeah, I remember, yeah. Uh, they're, they're releasing a sequel, apparently. Uh, to coincide with Halloween, and it's going to be out on Netflix. So I got a date. I got a date for that too. Oh, go on. Twenty <laughs> ninth of October, by chance. I don't have a date for it. Okay, cool. And um, it looks like as well. Finally, we're going to get to see Antlers. So Ooh, Antlers, really? yeah, it's been pushed back and pushed back. And that is coming out on October 29th as well. But I think that's going to be like somewhere like Amazon uh, or something like that. So I think it's going to be viewable. But I don't know where that's going to be. But that's been in the works for a long time. What about you guys? What you got? Jordi Paul, you got anything? Or? No, the only thing I, I sort of saw today, um, it's not really horror, but have you seen the Matrix trailer? Yeah, very, very cool. Ooh, looks cool, doesn't it? So I mean, the, fir- the 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 later one sucked. It was all about the first yeah. one, but I, I don't know. We'll see. I've got to go and watch it, but we'll see. Yeah, no, it, it, it looks it, very it, cool. 
did look rather cool. Um, okay, I got some Terrifier 2 news. Well, it's going to be a released, uh, we got a, so far an early 2022 release. So first half of the year for, for Terrifier 2. Awesome. Art Can't Clown is back. Bring it on. Uh, Shudder has announced its 61 day of Halloween programming. Um, with loads of original movies, including VHS 94 that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. I think VHS 94 is getting a, um, a premiere date at Fantastic Fest that's just coming up. Um, and then we should see that on Shudder, hopefully in October. Oh, wicked. So that is going to be one to watch out for. Um, what else we got? Netflix has announced its horror anthology, anthology series Cabinet of Curiosities from Guillermo del Toro. Don't know much about it, but if it's got Guillermo del Toro attached to it, I am very interested. So that is called Horror uh, Cabinet of Curiosities. Love an anthology. Bring it on. Netflix and Chills. Get it? Oh. So there's a there's a lot of going on in the next couple of months in terms of horror and Netflix. Um, Matt has mentioned the fact of uh, Midnight Mass and uh, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight, part two. But there's also quite a lot of other things. Um, we've got A Tale of Dark and Grim, so that looks quite interesting. Um, there's one called The Squid Game, which is like a limited series. It's, it's, mate, honestly, it looks sick. It's, um, it's, I think it's either Korean or Japanese. It's an Asian horror, but it's like, you know, like 13 Game of Death. Yeah. From what I saw, there's like, I think it was a hundred. There's like a load of like people that are involved in the game and they've all got to sort of do like a set of tasks. If they don't do them or fail them, they die and they just suddenly whittles them down. So sort of very battle royale sort of thing and voting game of death are quite looking forward to that if anyone's interested the final season of uh, Lucifer is coming to Netflix I'm not really Robert. Uh, <clears throat> um, we what else is quite interesting oh I you know that lock and key that we watched yeah that's getting a second season one thing which I'm very looking forward to which is coming out on October the 5th escape the undertaker you seen this or heard about uh, it? I read about this today, actually, yeah. So it's an interactive thing, very similar to what we saw, what we watched from Black Mirror. You remember, what, what was that one called? Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. So this is, we said we were going to... Very annoyed there was no snatch involved in that. Well, there were some multiple frosties. <laughs> Did but you not get the end that I got to? <laughs> This is very much, um, so what, do you know those three guys, um, Kofi Kingston and his little crew? What they're, they're called the way or something like that. I don't know. They're, they're little posse. They're basically trapped in a, in a house and they have to, um, you know, you have to basically help them find their way out. And I'm guessing that along the way, if they don't get out, they get killed by the undertaker. <laughs> cool. So I know I'm quite looking forward to that. We will definitely review that at some point. Oh. There's loads of others. Shark Dogs, Fantastics, some some stuff which I've not even heard about. But, yeah, they're the main ones which I'm looking forward to. Mm. There we go. Did you say uh, that on Disney Plus as well, Paul, uh, American Horror Stories? Sorry, I forgot to mention that earlier. I watched the first episode. Thank you, thank you for reminding me. That is um, completely away from um, the American Horror Story sort of uh, individual seasons that they do it's a separate thing and 
the first one is called Rubber Woman. It's uh, so it's set in the murder house. Um, it's fucking. It's a good start. It is a very good start. <laughs> I think it's um, directed by Alexis Caroline, uh, which has done loads of loads of really cool stuff. So I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, get to get to watching that. Sorry, I forgot about that. Cheers, Paul. <laughs> Whilst we're on the Disney news, you see Owen Wilson has been cast in the Haunted House. Um, the you know the ride, the the uh, they're making a movie of it. He's been cast in it. Not that anybody cares, but <laughs> hopefully it's better than the Eddie Murphy one. Maybe. Oh fucking! And what was that called? I thought it was the Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. <laughs> oh, I think this is the Haunted Mansion. I think it is. Oh, yeah, it is. That Eddie, yeah, that Eddie Murphy one was gash. Wow. There we go. Is that all the news we've got then, lads? That's all I've got. Jordy Paul, you got anything to? Uh, oh, that, that's all the news. I have. <laughs> well, should we move on to our main review then? Let's do it. Let's do it. Candyman. The urban legend is, if you say his name five times while looking in the mirror, he appears in the reflection and kills you. Who would do that? Candyman. 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 Well, we're still alive. Right, this... Episode's main review is Candyman, the long-awaited Jordan Peele produced, directed by Nia DaCosta. Um, this is a sequel to the horror film, the 1992 Candyman, that returns to the new gentrified Chicago na- neighborhood where the legend began. Um, we follow Anthony McCoy, a sort of up-and-coming artist, Sort of trying to find his piece, very much um, like uh, the Helen did in the first, the first sort of movie. He's trying to find that that one thing, and he uh, he goes into Cabrini Green, and uh, that's where the Candyman mythos enters the movie. Matthew, what did you think about this bad boy? Interesting, really interesting, because I I didn't read anything on this really or watch many trailers. Don't know about you guys. I tried to stay clear of it. Um, obviously, um, it's done by Monkey Paw uh, Productions, which is always a good thing, I think, to see um, Jordan Peele's name on it. Um, but yeah, it's it's well interesting because uh, I'm really I was really happy that it kind of like is a kind of after the original stuff that's happened. But, but yeah. I'm with you on that. I didn't, I didn't get from the trailer that this was a, a sequel. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a unique story that Jordan Paul, which is why I was kind of like a bit, um, had a bit of trepidation sort of going into watching it. Cause I was like, Oh God, how can they reinvent this? Why are they going to reinvent this? What's going on? And the fact that it was a sequel and the fact that the way it was done and the way all the tie-ins that they did, I think it was uh, beautifully handled and a sort of, um, actually uplifted the first movie. I thought it's genius. Really, really good from uh, from all the cast and crew on this one, and, and the the cast that they picked was fucking outstanding. What about you, Paul? Yeah, fully agree. I mean, like to 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 go into a sequel, you sort of worry that it's gonna either diminish or, or sort of make light of the first one, but they just handled it brilliantly. They took great sort of care in in in, in sort of paying homage to the first one, but not really 
sort of big two nostalgic, driving it forward and making a different film as well, and putting a, a, like expanding on the whole legend of the whole thing and the whole plot. So I, I thought it was great, and what a beautiful film! Yeah, absolutely beautiful. I mean, there's a couple of shots in here uh, in the film where I was just like. Wowza! It was just such a and like I know obviously Jordan Peele gets all the headlines, but props to Nia Costa because the whole thing just was beautiful from start to finish. The imagery was unreal, um, and yeah, loved it. It was great. I think that's one of the things you sort of remember from the first movie is all that graffiti, all the sort of like um, disused buildings, and now it's like like it said it was going to be gentrified. Even back then, we knew there was sort of something coming to sort of building on that, and that's what the, how they expanded it. And still going back to the original Cabrini Green um, sort of area and taking those photos and those shots and the houses, and it was just really, really cleverly done. And I'd say what it's beautifully handled and really, really relevant. I mean, the way they sort of handled the mythos and the fact that this movie needs to be made and needs to be watched because of like what we've been going through in the last like couple of years. It's so relevant. And the fact that we needed Candyman to come back um to sort of deliver that message again in, you know, from like 30 years, not, how, nothing's fucking changed. And Candyman's still there to fucking sort these fucking idiots out. It's so, it's so prevalent to what's going on. I loved it for that reason as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, the, it's had his finger right on the pulse. I mean, obviously, towards, like, skip to the end, like, but the, the end few scenes were just, you just thought, oh, my God, it's, like, it's literally what's happening in the world right now. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I just thought, I mean, like, going back to the casting, I'm going to get his name wrong, but is it Yah Yah Mudin, is it? Yah Yah Abdul Mudin the second. Mudin. Oh my god, like, I mean, I've only seen him in two things, right? I've seen him in the Black Mirror episode, he did, which was the computer game one. Yeah. And then I saw, and then obviously in Watchmen, there's uh, Dr. Manhattan. Couldn't touch that that character, could you, for, like, it's just, he's fucking singular, it's awesome. And he, the, the guy is just, he's tremendous. He's uh, massive, big, big things. Like, I know he's obviously rising star and everything, but Jesus. And, and he's obviously in the Matrix as well, which I saw in the trailer today. But, uh, yeah, just phenomenal. Just, just really, really good. And I thought all the, like, like I said, all the cast and then the sort of the little nods and bringing back Virginia Madsen's voice. <laughs> Lo- loved all that. Um, I love that. But yeah, I know you do. I remember the first Candyman. <laughs> I know. You wax lyrical about her a lot, but no, I, I I loved it. I like the, the like some of the standout scenes. The the apartment block where he leaves that woman's apartment and it pans out. Mm. Oh my god! What a shot! And it just boom. <laughs> and you're like, Whoa. I don't think I've ever seen. I can't put my finger on a horror movie that that I've watched where um, they put that much sort of beauty in in such a dark sort of moment in the movie. Yeah. And I, I don't think uh, you're ready for, I don't if you think something's going to happen, but you're not sure something's going to happen. And they're thinking, oh, it's just like a, a pull out shot of the whole apartment. And then all of a sudden, just the horror happens. And you're like, and you, you're obviously looking at the window and you, you, you sight is trained on that window to sit, like to see what's happening. And when it does, you're like, oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. And like the, 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 the whole shot in the art gallery with the mirrors and things, 
Yeah, we should talk about that, Matt. What, the use of mirrors in this movie. Mm, it's very good. The use of everything in this movie, because um, I don't know if you boys noticed, but there's subtle reminders all throughout the places he was in and stuff like uh, when he's in the library. I don't know if you saw the bowl of candy on the sides when he was talking to the librarian and little things like um, one of the ladies' necklaces was like amber. It was like made out of amber, which is obviously bees and stuff like that, like nectar of honey or something like that. You know, things like that. It's like little subtle things. And and there's other things I really liked as well. Just like, sorry to go back to the start, but like just the shadow puppets to show the original story was really clever and like interesting. And it reminded me of, I know he didn't direct it, but it reminded me of like a bit of us and stuff like that. Don't know whether it's just because it's got yeah. like the same kind of feel to it definitely she's definitely a pupil of jordan peele mm. she's definitely seen his films and has as has crafted a film in the same style mm. it almost like he could have directed it just based on watching his other stuff yeah yeah, yeah. but i i just think like the the mirrors and stuff and like the the way that they handled the murders like I, i've never seen I don't know, like, have a lot of mirrors in my house, but it's just like, it just seems, because it's all about that, the prevalence of it and the whole, the fact that everything was done in a mirror and it was like, there were so many mirror images of the fucking first movie that they were obviously trying to do, you know, the, the sort of, um, I don't know, not, not simultaneous, but the, sto- the sort of very, the very similar story between him and where he's going and where, where she went as well in that, in that original movie. It's sort of very the same with the photography, with the taking the photos of the graffiti and all that sort of stuff. It was very interesting to to watch and see. And yeah, I like you're, that. You're right though, because it's like I don't know which one of you said it, but it's it's really it was really like hard to kind of like not be as the same as the first movie. But they they are kind of mirror imaging it with the character ish, but it's nothing. It's a completely different movie. No, clever. I, I think, like, the one thing that I, I wanted from Candyman, the original one, was more, <laughs> I think. And this gave you that more. It was very, like, right, this is a sequel. We have to up our game. We mm. have to, I mean, we know there are other, other Candyman sequels, but this is a direct relation to that 1992 movie. And the kill count was great. And the way that they were done was so was the right pace in terms of what they'd done, and what you saw was done in the right way, and the gr- the gruesomeness of them as well. I mean, that first kill, spoilers, um, or we, you know, whatever. But like that first kill in the uh, art gallery place, yes. um, so visceral, so visceral, and it, it did linger quite a lot on the sort of like on that sort of slash I suppose and the tension that was building to the second murder was 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 done excellently as well and I loved it when it just kept on flitting back I do think it is that whole that whole hot thing in horror about looking in a mirror looking away looking in a mirror looking in a way or or wherever I think it works and it's been done it has been done quite a few times but in this one it was done excellently I thought the tension was set right wasn't it I mean that's the problem I think probably had with the first one I liked the first one a lot but 
it it just the pacing was a bit slow when like you're right this pace was and the tension was way more in this one I think I don't know whether they just update they they've just really gone for it because people want more out there of horror movies now than they it's just like but just the, the tension and stuff to feel a lot better in this but like just faster and and more hit the notes better. And I said on the when the last obviously the, the when we did the first one, um, it hadn't aged very well or it it felt a bit flat in places and it didn't really scare or really it just sort of seemed to be very slow and a bit trudgy. But the, so I suppose it's the genius of the first film. Like we watched it, so obviously me, and the missus went to the cinema, and she'd never seen Candyman. So a couple of days before we watched it, um, I'd actually like sat and watched it, and I thought, well, yeah, I, my feelings haven't really changed on it that much. But actually, watching it so close to the second one, it, it if you watch them in close proximity, it actually makes the first one better. <laughs> Which is weird. It's weird no, thing no, to see. Yeah. Watching it very close, like you could almost watch it back to back, and it, it, it is a body of work. It fits so nicely together. Yeah, I see you saying that because it, the the Candyman as an idea is fucking ace. Like from even from like the social the social political sort of view, things that it's trying to push, um, but as a as a horror movie in in general. Which is, you know, if you stamp like George A. Romero and all those sort of socio-political view things that he does in horror movies, and horror does it, we say this all the time, you know, when you watch like the stuff, you know, another comment and all those sort of things, the horror movie, horror just does it very well. It's, it's, this is, we're not happy with this. We don't like communism. We don't like how things are going in, in, in the things. So we're going to put an exact mirror about what's happening in today's society onto this movie. And, I think this one just went exactly far enough in terms of what needs to be said. And even to the degree of like where it concentrated on like all the other characters as well, like all the other Candyman and all the yeah. other instances of this um, um, that had happened throughout time. And just history repeating itself. History yeah, repeating itself. And to be fair, the creepiest Candyman was the, the middle one, you know, the guy who came was hiding in the wall. Yeah, yeah. He was really creepy. I know he was obviously. <laughs> yeah, but that was weird. That that did creep. It did make me feel a bit weird when he he comes through the wall and he's just like smiling and, and he like gives me squeaks. Yeah, of course you'd scream like the walls down if you were a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, yeah. yeah, it's clever. Very clever. Yeah, mm. very very good. And the four college kids scene—that's worth talking about. Oh yeah. <sighs> Mm. I think they needed that though. They needed that just to put that edge of of the of the the kind of myth. And I thought it was very good how they kind of tied it in. And it's it's kind of they needed a little bit extra just to beef it out a little bit. So I just like it might have even been done after though. Like they maybe they've gone. We need more kills. Let's get this bit at the start where she's gathering the information. She obviously thinks, oh, that's cool. Takes a photo of it. And then, and then it's a, like dropped in the middle, which was really, really well done. I think, even if it wasn't, even if it was planned, that's great. But it, I think it needed that little bit extra. With well, the barbarism of the whole thing was fucking awesome. That whole toilet scene. But I mean, I think it was nice. I'd like to see more of it. Yeah, well, it's that <laughs> whole because <laughs> it was all like 
you know, in the first one, it was kind of like the were her doing the Candyman, you know, and you sort of know you didn't really see enough people do it in the mirror. And when you this one sort of right, we're gonna fucking start having all these people do it, and it's like yes. What's going to happen now? Oh, he's fucking coming straight away and he's going to slice you fuck up. <laughs> the bit that I really thought that creeped me out a bit was the girl in the cubicle looked under the cubicle and he was kind of floating, like dragging yeah. his feet. It's fucking weird. Really put the hairs back up on the, on the back of my neck. I was like, ugh, that's creepy. Yeah, I thought that was quite cool. And what about that ending? I mean, what about his deterioration throughout the movie? What do you think about the beast thing? And then well, I would have gone to the fucking doctors a lot earlier. Yeah, the only thing I did think right is that this is the only little bit in the film which I actually thought, hang on, was you know when he had the like obviously it was just on his hand, Mm. basically, but then obviously it was grown and grown and grown. Yeah, his missus, he was in the bathroom scratching at it, and his missus comes into the bathroom. And doesn't pay any attention to it. Whereas, like, if I have a like a a, a, a little mark on my yeah. hand or arm, my wife would be like, "Are you going to get that looked at?" I go to the doctor's. His basically hand is like just <laughs> falling off, and he's like, "No, guys, you all right?" <laughs> he's not okay. I think go to the doctor's. But it was all pra- that was all practical, wasn't it? I don't think mm. there was any CG on the whole makeup or prosthetic, and it, like that honeycomb effect was, yeah, very good. Yeah. His sort of like deterioration into the into this sort of era's Candyman was very good. I uh, I mean I know the is sort of the laundromat guy and stuff like that. I didn't some that was maybe not annoyed me, but it was sort of see hit the tie in with him being a kid and you know and then him growing up. I didn't really understand why he wanted to turn him into Candyman. Well, he was trying to he did he. he didn't I don't think he believed in the myth of Candyman, he just needed the myth to be true. Because oh. obviously Yeah, because he'd he'd basically blamed himself for the other guy's death. And then he basically was the cause of Candyman dying. Is that the way you saw it, was it? You didn't Yeah, see... I think yeah, because basically he, he he when the guy came out of the wall and he screamed at him, he he caused that Candyman to die essentially. There was nothing supernatural about it. So then, he, then Candyman's dead. It's in this, like the same in the first one when I rewatched it. When Candyman dies, that's the big problem. Candyman needs to be believed in. But when people, because that's why he went after Helen in the first one, is because she got that thug beat her up. They arrested him, and therefore Candyman doesn't exist anymore because they've arrested him. He's just a bloke. Right. Well, actually, no, he's not. He's this idea, and there's this this supernatural being that needs to go. So I think he, by essentially killing Candyman, I think he blamed himself, and then he watched the whole Cabrini Green disappear and all get gentrified. And obviously, all of the people they, they mentioned it like gentrification. You, you move all of the poor people and the horrible people, or, or well, the, the downtrodden and the poor people out the way, so they can build, they can sell all the land cheap. The poor people, they get poorer and they get moved to a different area. And then you build all these people and they're all the rich white folks essentially to rock up. Um, and I think he, him being in that little house in the state still, he was still like holding on to that. And I think he blamed himself for all that and therefore wanted a new candy man to take over, which is why like he cuts his hand off, makes him into candy man. Okay. Not disregard like disregard the the supernatural bit for him. I think he just I think he was just mental. I think he just yeah, right. he, he wanted the story to live on. 
But then it happened regardless, and the police came in again, and they fucking, you know. Yeah, they they make the Candyman essentially again. When if 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 they hadn't have done anything, she wouldn't have said it at the end. Because remember, he he she believes in him when she says it, and then obviously the last line is "Tell everyone," isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you think about that last uh, um, cameo? Mm. Matt, <laughs> why don't you talk us through it's that? Nice. It's nice because I, I was like, oh, I was trying to figure out where he'd be because I, I knew that he would have a cameo or something because I think he was a little bit annoyed he wasn't going to come back um, original to be be the Candyman. Um, but yeah, that's cool, man. It's like he's made it obviously been made a little bit younger. Yeah, they definitely de-aged. Yeah. But it was kind of cool, uh, kind of freaky seeing his smirky little face. Come, yeah. out of the, come out of the bees. <laughs> yeah. No, I like this. I mean, this is like Candyman for me was like such a like an interesting idea for a horror movie. This fucking dude with a, a hook. But there's so much more like to the character and why he's about and how, um, he, you know, he really could fuck anyone up. Like any, his kill count could be massive, you know, and it's that supernatural element as well. You, you it's such a cool weapon, a hook in a hand, you know? He can really take on the big boys, I think, with that hook. That's the question I was at, like, is he, he, he is almost a weapon? If you believe in him and you need him for the right reasons, he's a weapon? Because she used him. Yeah. And, like, where, whereas the other people, was, there's a bit of a laugh and a bit of a joke and a bit of disdain for him. You know, the, the girls in the, the, the toilet were just like, yeah, whatever. And one but, of them ran out. And I can't remember, like, I don't know if, I don't want to harp on about, like, racial things, but was she, I think she was Asian, wasn't she? <laughs> and the, the, the white girls were the ones left. That's and true. obviously they were bullying the black girl in the cubicle. And I, I definitely think there was a bit of a, a deliberate sort of, right, oh, yeah. you're going to play this, we're going to show you what's going to happen type of thing. So. Yeah, very deliberate, definitely. But on the, but on the other note, when he, they were talking about people moving into the rich areas, they they did... Like make an equal kind of thing where I say, yeah, well, like well, you, you are that person. You are that person. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, well, whatever. It's just you know what quite clever. It's just like anybody who's rich now will just come back in and live in this area. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think this film was very very well done. Uh, they got the right people in. They they got the right. Paul, you said about cast. Cast was fantastic. It just hit hit every nail on the head, like really, really clever, really, really interesting. Yeah, music was amazing. Cinematography was fantastic. That little, I did get annoyed when it first kicked in, and then the way they twisted the song at the beginning, the Candyman, um, <laughs> yeah. was very cool. Did you notice? Uh, you probably did notice this. It wasn't that. But did you notice they did all the mirror images of like the MGM logo and everything? Yeah, Paul, yeah. you said to me, didn't you? You said, "Oh, they're doing it all backwards." I thought you were looking at the camera at one stage to work out whether it was backwards, but <laughs> <laughs> put the film in the wrong wick. <laughs> <laughs> no, fucking hell! I mean, we waited for this for a while now, and I was, you know, didn't disappoint. Fucking delivered, and it's it's right up there for me in terms of this year's like horror. I mean, we horror's back, baby. Horror's back in the cinema, and it's been fucking awesome, man. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to watch the next one. What's next? Fucking um, Halloween, man. Fucking come on. Bring it on. I'm excited for horror at this stage again. You know, and it's Jordan Peele that's sort of done that. 
Well, it just makes you hungry for more. Like he, the mm. guy's, the guy's amazing. I mean, considering like where he comes from, like have you watched Key and Peele sketches? I watch his comedy. Yeah. I watch those comedy sketches all the time. In fact, just before here, what this I watched the one where he, where the, the little kid is slapping him in the park. Yeah, I watched that one. Have I, you I, seen I, the zombie one? Yeah, where the white zombies don't <laughs> eat the black people. <laughs> oh hell no! <laughs> Yeah, very good. But considering all that, like to make horror films or to make films, the quality he's making. Get out, fucking. Uh, oh, sorry. I mean, he didn't, <laughs> I know he didn't direct this one, but he's involved in this, and he's like even the Twilight Zone and stuff like that. It's just yeah. he's he's got a real delicate touch and a real love for this sort of genre, which is and fucking he's got, great. He's got master written all over him, and he like yeah, and, and, definitely be up there with the greats. The um, quality of it, the quality of it's just unreal. And like, and props like the director Neil Costa, the first black woman to have a number one film at the box office. That's and crazy. Woman's yeah. director film, sorry, to have a number one. Yeah, number yeah. One. Well, well you know what she's um, doing next, don't you? No. The Marvels. The sorry. Marvels. The Marvels. The Marvels. Yeah. What's the Marvels? Basically, Captain Marvel two in it. Is that what, what it is? Something like that. Okay, so that's yeah, because it's okay. So that's got the character that was in Scar, um, the Scarlet Witch thing. I think so. Yeah. Mm, okay, I'm excited. But yeah, she's she's great. Can't wait to see what she does next. That's the Marvels. She's doing a Marvel thing. Brilliant. Fine. They all do. <laughs> <laughs> they all right. get that paycheck. Yeah. So yeah, quality movie, all round fucking awesome. So, what does this do for you in terms of? Uh, Breaths. Jordy Paul, you are the guest. Yeah. You must go well, I am going to give it nine breaths out of ten. Woo. It's getting a nine from me as well. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm not going to argue with that, boys. It's a nine from me as well. Don't know why I don't get a ten though. Neither do I. And I was trying to think about that. I was thinking about that today, and I. I, I don't know why, but I just. It's something I'd watch again, it's something I'd enjoy again, but I don't know if I'd be like, oh my god, it blew my mind. And I, I think I that's... just, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think that it, it, the only thing, and it's not dropping marks at all, I just think it's not one of those films I pull out every year and go, I must watch this yearly. And they're the sort of movies that I would, that right. I still watch. Yeah, us, you would. Yeah, definitely, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Alright, I'll take it. I'll take it. That's a fucking Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Don't do it. Nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> On to our next one. I don't know what our next review is, though, Matthew. Mm, well, we, only time will tell. There's a couple of fucking treats coming there out. Is, there is a couple to choose from, but let's not let's not put our eggs in one basket, as they say. Malignant. Malignant. <laughs> Matt's not, Matt, Matt's not keen on it, so we're I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, cool. Demonic. Um, demonic. <laughs> I do demonic all day. I kind of want to do antlers if that's out, but we'll see. There's loads coming out in the next couple of weeks. It's ridiculous, and we're going up to Halloween season. Halloween's Is there already a out. Film about a giant rabid hedgehog that butcher wants to watch. Or? I, I watch crabs all day. If I can get crabs right now, I'd watch that all day. Got crabs. Um, but yeah Halloween's out in the States it's got it's like there's so much buzz about it on the internet very 
Like people are like up in arms defending it and people are like trashing it and it's like a big fight at the moment by the looks of things. No, I'm not I'm not getting involved. Twitter Wars <laughs> So we'll see. Anyway, let's move on to uh let's uh, that's uh, our main review for uh, episode eighty six. Let's move on to our Sam Screen Bout. Take it away, Joey Paul. Okay, so I felt a bit sorry for you in the past couple of weeks talking about Fright Fest. Don't so still I don't watch you love it. And I hope to join you at Fright Fest one day. Next um, year. Next year, you are. Next year. <laughs> well, um, so I thought, what it, to fill the void of the festival, I was, I'm going to challenge you guys. And I've got, before I do this, I've got to give a special shout out. He probably doesn't listen, but if he does, uh, to Steve Newsbaum, one of my friends who does a similar podcast, uh, called The Fantastival about music. So I've just sort of ripped that off and, and applied it to horror. So mm-hmm. I want to know guys, your ultimate horror fest film festival lineup. So I've got some stages for you. So if I say the stages, then you each can give me a film, and then we'll build it up. But first, I want to know where you're setting it. So where would you set your ultimate horror film festival? Paul? Me? Okay. Well, I thought two different places, but I think I'm going to go with Camp Crystal Lake. Oh. So you've got accommodation, and you can have the festival there. Nice. Paul? The Devil's Ass. Pardon? The, the Devil's, devil's Ass. In the in the Peak District, there is a cave which I've told Matt about. Um, it is uh, deep in the P- Peak District. It's called the Devil's Ass, and it is they do actually put on um, horror movies on what in the like like the Descent in a fucking cave. Oh, How fucking God. cool is that? <laughs> so I was thinking, get your sleeping bags out. Fucking, let's spend 24 hours in a fucking cave watching horror movies. In your favourite place in the world. I love a cave. Nice. And I love the devil's ass. So, <laughs> yeah. love us. So, great. So, we need a host. So, anyone from the world of horror, who's going to host your, fan, your horror festival, Matt? Dead or alive? Could be anybody. Dead or alive, anybody. Uh, See, so if, if it was dead, it'd be Vincent Price. Yeah. If it was alive, Rob Zombie. Nice. Okay. Paul? I want the one and only Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> Fair dressed, dressed as Pennywise the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have to go for OnlyFans for that type of stuff, Paul. Um, <laughs> I forgot to tell you it's mine. So I'm going right. to set mine in Transylvania. In the Dracula's castle? Dracula's castle, yeah. Oh, yeah Dracula's cool. castle. And then my, my horse was going to be Vincent Price as well, so... Ah, good shot. I mean, it is, it is, you did pick the better host. That's why I had to go with someone else. That's fine. <laughs> Vincent, Vincent Price is, like, the best choice. I was going to go for Alan Carr, but... <laughs> Brilliant. Nice. Right, so now you've got your, you've got your stage, you've got your host. So there's going to be five five film stages. So the first one is the gateway stage. So it's going to be for the young kids who um, 
they're yet to appreciate horror. So what are you going to show them first in the, the maybe the, the afternoon slot? Right. Okay. Well, I'm, I, do you want to let Paul go first on this one? Which oh, the mutilator all day, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hooking the puss. Hooking the puss. No. Um. I mean. I obviously have got a warped fucking childhood, so I don't know if, uh, I think this fits. I mean, I watched this when I was young, so they, they can, they can deal with it and they can get, and they still, I still think they've got to get nightmares. I still think this film is like watchable. It's not got the gore factor, so it's coming of age. So I'm going to go for the original it. Tim Curry. I think that's, I think it's scary to fuck, um, but it's still, it's still gateway horror, as far as I'm concerned, because that's what that's what got me into one of the to things. Be fair, that got me I watched into. it when I was about eight year old. So yeah, I think it's, I was probably about nine or ten, maybe. I think that's, I think you should show it to Mum right now. I think my wife would chop my balls off if I showed it to my son. So, <laughs> but hey ho, <laughs> Matt. Well, I I, hey I don't want no. the pa- I don't want the parents coming up to me trying to get refunds right from the start of my festival. <laughs> They're only in it for one movie. Fuck them. Um, so I obviously went for the Monster Squad. I mean, yeah, okay. Genius choice. Yeah, genius choice. But, but I probably, just to piss, uh, Paul off a little bit, uh, I'd probably go with The Gate with Stephen Dork. (laughs) And fucking neat, I see. I had that right now. Great gateway movie. It is a good gateway horror movie. I'm sure it would have been great when I was a kid, but the Monster Squad's the better choice. <laughs> yeah, Monster Squad is the right answer. Well, I have I have sort of similar lines to, to Matt, and I'm going to go Gremlins. Oh, Gremlins is a good shout, but again, um, you're right up there with the similar. You could watch Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters, or or the like, Monster, Monster Squad is the creme the la creme. But, oh, uh, is that what we're going to do? We're going to pick the best one from each. Depends, what age, kids, yeah. depends what age the kids are. You know. Well, they're, they're ten. They're ten, and it's fine. Gremlins <laughs> fine as well. If they're if they're five, then you know you probably want to watch Monsters Inc. or something like that. Good one. Right, the next one is at the stage everyone will probably stay away from. But in honor of uh, Simon, it's yeah, uh, it's I, kids for this one. <laughs> yeah. Silas Serbs skin crawler stage. So, in honour of Simon, a film that really makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, see, yeah. I mean, this is hard because I've got, I've got, I've taken it a different way. I think I made it. It made me feel uncomfortable enough to put my hoodie over my head watching it. But yeah. you're right. You could work like the likes of Human Centipede and you know Martyrs and all that sort of stuff. Real fucking horrible ones but i put paranormal activity because of the way it made me feel was like complete discomfort i was like one that film just made me want to that stayed with me for fucking days yeah so That's yeah definitely. Matt? Mm, i mean first of all martyrs came to mind because straight away because it is a very uncomfortable film but i think one that really is brutal and has a lot of knives and cutting in it. It's a film called Inside. <laughs> it's it's really weird, and it's like it's basically about this pregnant woman um, who's on her own own home alone, and there's somebody just trying to come in and take her baby from her before she's even had it. That wins. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. really uncomfortable it's and awesome. really fucking weird. What about you, Paul? Well, uh, funny enough. 
I was going to say Martyrs. <laughs> great choice. It was a great it, choice. Like I said, when I first watched the poll, I did the same thing. I, I wasn't a hoodie, but I was watching it in bed, and I pulled the quilt up to my like up just under my eyes because I was like, "What am I watching?" And it's it's stuck with me ever since. So definitely. See, I thought yeah. you were going something like that. So that's yeah. part of like a French trilogy. So the inside of Martyrs are part of like three three yeah. French films that are really brutal and really like test you. So the other one's Switchblade Romance. That, you know that was on my list. That was yeah. next on my that list. Was, all three of those are fucking yeah. spot on. Maybe I should have gone for Switchblade Romance and completed yeah. <laughs> Wow, Butcher, I thought you would have gone for Irreversible. I don't want to put that on any list. I don't <laughs> I want to, to remind you of it. That's all. I don't need to watch anyone. <laughs> No one else no. needs to watch that movie, so nah. Okay, so the next one, Jordy Paul's Creature Carnage stage. So creature feature. What are you gonna go for? I mean, there's so many obvious ones in there. Obviously Jaws, but like um I'm going for Zombievers because it's just because I need something a bit more light after that after what we just watched. So Zombievers is the is a great choice. Could have went with Black Sheep. I did think about Black Sheep. Black Sheep was on the list, but um no, I'm sticking by Zombievers. It won out. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking great. And I'm sure crabs might get in there by <laughs> thing. I I've went, well, the correct answer is the, the Descent. The actual one I've gone with is, uh, I thought the same thing. I thought after seeing something really fucking rotten, you want a little bit of light. So I went with Book of Monsters because it's fucking awesome. Good choice. Sure. I have yet to see it. I need to lend you a pull. I'll lend it to you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go... I did think The Descent as well. I was along the line, lines of that. But I think I'm going to go, again, a bit lighter after after trying to wash martyrs off my body. Tremors. Ah, great show. Great Tremors. show. And actually, Tre- Tremors will be... A, this, is gonna, this is a weird sentence. Tremors will be great in the devil's arse. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So... Um, right, and then this one for the old old people. So it's named after two old people I know. Uh, the Butcher and Carter's vintage, vintage Horror Stage. So Vintage Horror, what are you going to put on? Uh, no, I'm going 1968, and I'm going uh, Night of the Living Dead. For me, so that, has one of that. that has to be in every for every um, film festival for me that I'd want to put on and be Night of the Living Dead. It's so important to me as a movie, and everyone just needs to see it. It's so fucking cool. Cool. When when you say vintage, how old are you going? Well, at least forty years, man. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking seventies and and beyond. Uh, go on. What what have you picked? Well, I I wanted like the thing because because it's just that that you can have the original thing. From I thought no, I thought the same. I was thinking about like you know the, around the era when I was just around, you know coming up but um i don't know if i if i had to really pick an old old classic i would probably um something that really scared me was um the incredible shrinking man because that was fucked up decent especially when he i think he gets caught in the spider web at the end yeah fucked me up when i was a kid oh, and that like spider that. comes for him it's horrible nice well, I, I went pretty vintage so uh psycho for me Mm. Yeah, good. Yeah, psycho. Oh, that's a good one. Birds, the birds would be a good one as well. Yeah. Mm. And then lastly, to draw the the draw one last breath, horror ultimate festival closer, the Grand Daddy horror film that you're gonna you want everybody to see and leave your festival 
with a great attitude. What's that one going to be? So this one for me, it's everything into it for me. It's humour, gore, great special effects. It's like funny in bits, got a bit of boobs for, you know, for the lads. So I'm going to go for an American werewolf in London. Oh, nice. Look. That's my clothes. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. So this is this is really hard because I've picked a, a, quite a few. Like, obviously, <laughs> you've got your Exorcist. You've got your Shining. I thought you would have picked Paul. Mm, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I know. I have to go with the one. <laughs> yeah. But I know you're probably going to go off, off the rails because it's not an out-and-out horror, but I think I probably would have gone with um, Halloween. Yeah, so I mean, I, that ran through my mind. That was one of the ones that was going on my list. So, yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Great ending. Great. We get the music as well of it. Loved it. Yeah, I'll have to get John Carpenter one on there somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to round, round mine out with Jaws. So. Jaws. Bloody knew you would. Didn't Jaws. You put that? Dude. Yeah, because it's like the greatest film ever made. So, <laughs> basically. Um, wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> my festival in Transylvania. Do what I want. <laughs> you could have teen. You could have Jaws too, and have a teen. It'd be like a teenage rom com. Yeah, I love Jaws too. That'd be the Maybe. next festival. Well, teen, teenage rom com horror. <laughs> Maybe they can watch Jaws, and then as like a party favor or a gift to them, I can provide them all with a copy of Jaws two on the way home. Or if oh. you really hate them, Jaws three. You've got to really hate them, Jaws of Revenge. <laughs> Great. Oh, God. Michael Caine's finest work. So, yeah, that was my... Uh, oh, mate, I like that. I enjoyed that. It's good fun. It's awesome, man. What about names of your festivals? You didn't record, give your festivals names. Oh, no. Well, have you got one, Matt? Did you give yourself one? Or? No. <laughs> Let's just call them all the draw one. I mean, mine's obvious. The butcher, the butcher fest. It's just you know, it's got a horror written all over it. The butcher fest. Yeah. Mine would probably be Cutthroat Cartner's Corpse Festival. <laughs> Spooky Stevens's Transylvania Extravaganza. Yeah, didn't really think that one. <laughs> Transvestites in Transylvania. <laughs> I don't think mine needs a name when it's in the devil's ass. No. Mm. Cool. Great, that, great one. I love that. That was really good. Really got the old, the brain juices flowing. And it's hard to pick, man. I, you know, but there's people thinking, like, screaming out films, what the hell? You couldn't have gone with that. I was like, but yeah. Can you imagine trying to pick the actual Festival Fright Fest lineup when you haven't even seen the films? <laughs> oh, Christ, yeah. Wow. Be fun, though. Mm. Right then, let's move on, shall we? That's uh, something to scream about. Let's move on to our movie from the vault. I don't need this. Are you tired of the same old routine? My wife, my Busting your hump and getting nowhere? This just take my day. The boss, is he always on your back? Nice, my ass belongs in your chair, not in your lap, which is where you keep trying to put it. You bastard. The wife. You know. And the kids. Right. They never listen. I hate to see a person's life away in them goddamn computers. Do you ever feel like forgetting the whole thing? You think I got it easy? Well, now you can. I'm talking about life! Drop out and join the ranks of the few. The filthy. <laughs> the trash. 
got my own place, a condominium. Where else can you live for free? And eat for even less? Well, be forewarned. Freedom has its price. Yes, there's always a snake in the Garden of Eden. What you got for me today? Today? Ten of viper. One buck. Here's to you, pussy. <laughs> Don't drink my viper. What? <laughs> Street trash. It's easy to find us. We're all over the place. Street trash. Okay, so this episode's movie from the vault, I picked, and it's the film that I hadn't seen, and I don't think Paul saw, and I don't think Geordie Paul's seen this before this podcast. So it was 1987's Street Trash. So, a liquor store owner sells alcoholic beverages to homeless people unaware of what the bottles actually contain, which is toxic brew. Not that that gives a fuck, because this film is fucking crazy. If you could sum this film up in one word, Geordie Paul, what would it be? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Butcher, one word. A modern day classic. <laughs> More than one word. Oh, oh uh, my God, where to start? Acrylic paint? Let's start with acrylic paint, shall we? <laughs> acrylic paint. Still two words. <laughs> yeah. It's um, this, is, this is an interesting one. Been on my list to watch for a long time. Same. Should have, should have stayed on the list. No, this is fucked up in so many ways, man. This is like, what is this? Is like, this is like a grindhouse movie? I don't know, man. Oh, I don't like, think it really knows what it is. Just trauma. It's like tra- it should be in the Tromaville sort of. It should area. definitely it's... be in the Tromaville. And can I just tell you, I actually found this on a, a world-leading streaming uh, video streaming site, right? And uh, I actually had to go back to IMDb after I started watching it to check out the right film. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, yeah, because whoa. It just, that plot, Matt, right? So, yeah, the plot of selling alcohol to homeless people with this toxic brew. The toxic brew bit must have lasted about five minutes of the entire film. Mm. I thought that. They didn't, it didn't, it sort of, like, went to it. And then I thought that was going to be the whole movie of, like, them drinking this thing and then it melting. And I thought, okay, it's going to, what, there's going to be... Producing stuff like what was that movie we watched? The stuff. Uh, no, not the stuff. Reminds me a bit about stuff. Some of it. I don't know those things under the sewer that came out. Remember that one? Oh, the um. We only just did it a little while ago, didn't we? Yeah, not humanoids from the deep, sure. but that other. Sure. sure. That's it. So like, yeah, so it had that sort of like 
written over, I suppose. But then it just went just concentrating on the bums fighting each other and yeah, raping it, it, and raping women. It just yeah. went off on one, didn't it? I mean, there's there's a whole. It's just, I don't. I just don't think they. I think they had the kind of real bare bones of what they wanted it to go around, and then they fleshed it out with a load of stuff to make it longer. I mean, there's a whole scene where they go into one guy goes into a supermarket. There's not a pivotal character goes into the supermarket and just starts stealing things and putting in his trousers. Yeah. I don't know if it's just to get some comedy element in it or yeah. what. But and then the guy it, goes over and, get, and it's that conversation that I've definitely had with shoplifters before. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you yeah. got some, can you just take it out of your pants? I've got it in my pants. Uh, I, I, what was it? I'm gonna buy it. And all this type of stuff. And the little old woman, like the little old woman, you're stealing stuff. Shut up, bitch. That was like, yeah. oh my god. But yeah, like little subplots, and then nothing to do with the actual toxic brew. I mean, who who is the main character in this film? I thought it's the little dude with a hat. That's yeah. what I thought. But then it just it centers around so many different characters. And then I thought the cop was going to be like the saviour, but that didn't end well for him, did it? Jesus Christ. And then, I mean, oh my God. The the main guy's little brother, you maybe think, is he going to be like, he sort of turns into the semi-hero, and then you got the really pervy Asian lass. And then you got the the villain was obvious, I thought. It was the guy with the the ripped up green t-shirt from Vietnam who had kept on having like, like uh, flashbacks to Vietnam. Flashbacks of Vietnamese vampires. Yeah. Bronson. Bronson. And then, yeah, with his like weird little sex slave woman. I mean, as a whole, right, movie, you've got a kind of storyline where you've got this little bearded guy they're all bums and he's got a beef with another set of bums. Right, even though they're standing in the same junkyard, and then it's like, okay, who, which bum's going to come on top? And then he gets his revenge on the bum by melting him eventually, and then there's a bigger bum that he has to fight, and he has to win, and, and they win. So, All the while mixing in this toxic brew somewhere. Well, let's let's. I know we're we're being a bit down. Let's 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 have a little chat about the. Oh, I thought it was a good plot. I wouldn't be <laughs> Let's talk about the effects. How did you feel about the the way they kind of died and stuff? What effects? What effects? I mean, the, the that first death, the, the with the what was it like? I mean, was it the guy in the toilet? He was turned into an acrylic paint monster. It wasn't even like, like I've seen we've seen goo before. We've seen goo in class on Newcomb High. And it's all right, this trauma, and it's like, they've done it very well. This one was just, what are you doing? You just literally melted them into acrylic paint, and it and looked it like, like acrylic paint. There was no real, in the first kill in the toilet, there was no real transformation. It sort of cut away, and then, oh, there's a hand, and then it cut back away to, oh, he's in the toilet now. It didn't show it. It sort of just, it just cut lots of bits together. Um, I mean, considering, that you know, this is about, what, I don't know what 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 year bad taste, but there's been some of others better. But there was some other wind. What about about all the windscreen wiper guys? (laughs) What just tapping at the cars? 
Yeah. Saying Bronson comes out of nowhere and decides to stove some guy's head through a windscreen for for no reason whatsoever, just so the copper can start investigating the murder. Yeah. But then the guy that there's a bomb that gets another of the toxic brew and dies on the melts on the the stairwell at the side of the building. Yeah. Then that lands on the guy's face and starts melting his face off. And then the cop just grabs him to one side and puts him down. And then it's like his and face is melting off. And the good people behind him are like, oh, my God, what's happened? He's like, he'll be all right. Don't worry about it. But not, 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 <laughs> not only that, did you not see he starts having an argument with a woman and saying, you're just a fucking woman. I don't need to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're the type of cop to pull me over and rape me. Was a one of her, one of her lines that he was like she was jostling with him. I mean what? And he was pull, he was giving it back as much as it. There's some real misogyny in this. Well, that's yeah. one thing we need to talk about is the the whole scene where the little guy, the little bum, can't remember his name, but the, the little bum, the little bum, yeah, Fred, um, basically finds a girl in the alleyway near a restaurant. Yeah, the, uh, a mafia boss's girlfriend. Another subplot. Another subplot. And, uh, gave us the best, the best character of the whole film was the, the way. Bellboy. <laughs> the bellboy, yeah. But that, that was right at the end. The like post credit scene. Oh yeah. Ingenious. Which was funny. But, yeah, it was actually. But like, yeah, so he takes the book, take this girl's obviously pissed as a fart or high as a kite. And is, thinks he's her, the mafia boss. And he keeps, she keeps calling him a different name. So he decides, because she's really horny, that he decides he's going to get his leg over, which is rape. <laughs> like yep. the hero of the story. But then, obviously, takes her back to his car and does the business, all the while some other bums come out of nowhere to watch. And then they all decide to kill her. I call that junkyard dogging. Junkyard dog, I like it. Well, I don't like... Uh, yeah. And then, another subplot, we've got the owner of the junkyard. Oh, let's talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> what the actual fuck? So we've got this guy that is just the biggest pervert at all, uh, in, in the world, called Frank, um, is literally just trying it on with the worker every day. And there's probably about, what, five-minute scene where he's literally on top of her, on top of a chair... Try, literally trying to rape her. Let, let's not beat around the bush. Yeah. And, like, yeah, just mental. I'm not, be to honest. Mention, not to mention, then he, he goes out to the junkyard, sees the girl from the previous night that has been raped several times, dead. Yeah. And this is where it just goes too far, is that it insinuates that he then participates in necrophilia. Definitely. Which, what he the definitely, fuck? He definitely it's fucked the naked corpse. That's not Do you know what? And can I be really honest? At the start, I actually felt a bit sorry for him because he's got loads of bums in his junkyard and he's like, why are you feeding them and giving them, be nice to them? Get out of your junkyard. And I was like, well, fair enough. He's got a point there. But, not the rib, another necrophilia. I don't. Yeah. I lost him at that point. <laughs> Let's talk about Dick Footy. Dick Football next. Oh, the flying oh cock. 
What is that about? So weird. Someone pisses inadvertently on Bronson's head, which, again, sort of, I thought that was quite funny. But then he chops his cock off. (laughs) All of it together makes me think this is a fucking great movie. Like, talking back to it now, (laughs) I think it's fucking great. But it wasn't, like, I... I was watching this thing, and you know, I had a hard time with Class of Newcomb High, right? But at least Class of Newcomb High had a coherent sort of plot through it, and had a charm to it, like a weird charm. This just was like... Bizarre. I don't know, I think I'd watch it again. (laughs) I want to watch it with commentary, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, w- I would love I really to watch it. I just want to know what went through their heads when they were thinking about this and what. what I'm, look, one thing I will say is I'll give it a breath for <laughs> is it does deal deep, 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 deep down beneath the bones of this film. It does deal with a couple of situations like homelessness. Like it does, you know, when when there is a speech from the guy that's like, we're just trodden on, we're just never treated any differently. You know, the guy that was in the liquor store that was like, I was big t- once and I I had a wife and a daughter and all that stuff. When you actually listen to his speech, it, it does have some substance to it and it does breach some situations. Like, it does breach Vietnam War and how that affects people in a weird kind of way. Not to mention that it's mentally absolutely out there racist in places obviously oh big time but it does deal with a couple of issues within the bare bones of this film loosely but they did try, they rammed loads in it was like you know yeah. bums misogyny obviously I just racist don't think and... they really knew what they were doing because apparently what... bronson the character bronson didn't even read a script he just ad-libbed most of it didn't, didn't need a script did he <laughs> although his death was probably epic of epic proportions yeah that was probably one of the coolest deaths in, that I've seen in a long time. I love death, death by canister. So there was a lot to take away from it. Lots of lessons to be learned in, in special effects. I mean, um, the mob guy, the guy who plays the mob guy, he was in Goodfellas? He was in Goodfellas. He was the one who... And he's in Sopranos as well. He's Larry Boy in Sopranos. Yeah. The, he's the guy in Goodfellas who owns the bar, the bar that they're all in, and he's yes. the one that's like trying to get them to pay for the tabs and then tell them to piss off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this is a bit of a Goodfellas or street trash. Yeah, it's a street I trash just, day. I just don't think. It, 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 let me ask you a question: If you guys had seen this when you were younger, in your younger days, say like twelve, thirteen years old, it's not. I I don't know. Uh, because I didn't see it, but is it? Do you think it'd be one of those films where people go, "Ah, oh, Street Trash has got so many good memories for me," yeah. and like, and it's yeah. like, I just, I, I don't think so. No, I think it would have been one of those ones where, like, I'd have sat down, watched it with class, like Class Newcomb High, mm. and like, I'd have laughed, we'd have we'd have all like laughed our asses off at it being so ridiculously stupid. But yeah, because it's, it's like just the, random. It's like, it's it's like so the random. Dip, yeah, but it's like the dip boner in in Class Newcomb High and. But then you had the little, little, uh, little, she gave birth in the toilet and it just started running around being, become a toxic monster and stuff but, like that. But then, you know, I give it props because I didn't know where the hell it was going. No. I didn't know what, and you know, I didn't, it just sent me around so many different corners. So again, you know, I. Do you think they've run out of money with the toxic brew storyline and just went, you know what, we're just going to have to fill this in with random other stuff? 
Maybe. It was long, though, wasn't it? It was an hour and it four. It was. <laughs> it was very long. Very. I mean, they could have took out scenes in that movie. 20 and minutes. just probably made it better. I'd have got rid of the necrophilia bit, I think. Yeah, man. I'm, I was very surprised, especially when he starts having a conversation about... Oh, do you, are they testing? They're testing the body, and they're going to test test the the semen, uh, and then they're going to come after whoever it was. The only oh. line in the film that came at this bit that I actually liked, and I did do a little chuckle too when he was like, um, "Do they know whose DNA it is?" And like, "Ah, oh, they will do," uh, but one of them, one of them had syphilis, and he starts like, "Shit," <laughs> scratching himself. There was another line. In it somewhere along the lines, I can't remember who said it now, but it said, I read like old people fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to give it a breath for that. Yeah, there was some interesting line. The cop, the cop was, uh, he tried to throw some one lines in there, didn't he? But he just sort of like was and so he bizarre. Blatantly, blatantly fancied the good looking cop as well. There was some, there was some sexual tension right there. Yeah, it was interesting. But yeah, good pick, mate, honestly. Um, <laughs> I'm really glad I've seen it. I want a Street Trash T-shirt now, so I want to show my support and love. Post. For the it's in the post. You can have This is movie, movie from the vault pick of the year, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> cool. Humanoid from the Deagle Day. Anyway, um, yeah, so now I want to stop talking about, you know, misogyny and bums fighting each other and things melting. And uh, here's some Matt's facts on the bad boy. Okay, you ready for this? I literally had to troll deep for this because there wasn't a lot around, which is really weird. That's why I want to watch the um, commentary. But anyway, the producers were unsuccessful in getting product sponsorship, funnily enough. Um, the only company that was in- interested was a manufacturer of Drake's Cakes, which would send the cast and crew box of snacks every week. By the end of the three-month shoot, everyone had eaten through all, all the snacks. But when it came to the time to make the scene where the fat bum explodes, uh, the fake stomach was filled with boxes and boxes of Drake's cakes that they were, they gave them for free. <laughs> oh, okay. Jeez. So, at the premiere, can't believe there was a premiere, but anyway, they, they decided not to get limos, and instead they used the garbage truck that was featured in the film to drop them off at the premiere. Awesome. <laughs> Which is quite, yeah. quite good. Uh, Butcher, you'll love this one. The the word fuck is used 128 times in this film. It's impressive, man. Fuck, mm. fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it took 13 weeks to shoot. There was 13 deaths in total, 11 men and two women. And the liquor store um, guy who worked at the liquor store loved his uh, sunglasses. Um, he was actually the director's um, film school teacher at school. <laughs> So he obviously drafted him for like not drafted him for nothing, um, and the junkyard that it was shot was the the director's um, dad's junkyard. One thing I want to say back to the junk, junkyard, and I don't know if this is de- I, this might be a correlation. Now, the junkyard and the when he goes through the car and it opens up to a big room, it, it, uh, like a van in the back, reminded me a bit of like the bit out of um, Ready Player One. I wonder if it's a a kind of deep pull from that. But anyway, that's all my Matt's facts, mate. Pretty shit, but... No, good, man. Good pick. Well done, man. That's good. So what what are you giving this out of 10 now you've seen it there, Matt? Uh, 
Oh my god, I don't know. Let Jory Paul go. He's the he's the uh, guest. Go on, Paul. Well, sorry, lad. This is getting a, a one breath out of ten for one. me. One. Wow. Well, I'm being brutal because I thought it was really like, no, nothing more than a one. No, a one, and it's only getting a one because it's got the dude from Goodfellas in and that syphilis line. I, I, I just thought it was. I just thought it was a horrible, horrible mess, and people shouldn't make films like that. Yeah, seven for me. So <laughs> I, I, I got. I, I completely disagree. I think they should make more hot messes like this. <laughs> I love. You know, I can see the charm and the beauty and the and the the anarchy and the chaos all through this movie. I fucking loved it. In a way, in its own, it's got its own charm for me. <laughs> Come on, the man. <laughs> I, I've got to be in the middle of the road here. I'll, I have to be. Because um, there's some things that I really, really didn't like and I detested in this film. But then there's, it has got charm and there are things in it that I can see. So I, I'm going to have to go like a 5 out of 10. 5 breaths out of 10 for me. Average. That's a shame. Sorry, guys. I think it's either a 1 but or a I 10. Did en- I did enjoy watching it, weirdly enough. Well, it provokes extreme reactions. There you go. There's a... There's a positive review. Is that my copy as well you gave me? Yeah. Excellent. Watching that again. Sweet. Right. (laughs) Still haven't paid me for it. (laughs) I'll put it on my tab. And that brings us to our next move from the vault, which I think we're going to hand over to Geordie Paul now. What are you going to give us? Okay. So you guys have mentioned this a couple of times recently. And I know you like your 80s and stuff, but I always like to to bring a bit of a, a more modern twist to it because I've seen them you have mentioned it a couple times in the previous episodes so I am going to make you guys watch Hostel I haven't watched that in fucking years man there you go you haven't watched it in ages so the start of horror porn well that's it it's uh yeah that's an interesting one to talk about as well there's some very interesting scenes in that movie Uh, can I say it's better than repossessed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dis- agree agree <laughs> I was I was gutted with uh, Repossessed uh, yeah I, not what I remembered <laughs> did not stand the test of time and that movie was watched again and again when I was little anyway that's great Pip thank you for that Geordie Paul and thank you for being on you thank you very yourself? much for having me guys had loads of fun as always excellent Right, that's episode 86 done. Moving on to episode 87. We still don't have our main review. Some screen back if you'd like to uh, add your own flavour to the podcast, like Geordie Paul just did. Well, drop us a line and uh, we shall answer those questions. And Paul has pulled from the vault. Hostel. 2005, maybe? Don't know. Anyway, looking forward to that. Uh, there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com.